Welcome to the Be Still My Soul podcast. This is Pastor Ray Brandon bringing daily encouragement to the church. We are in the Gospel Project, Unit 20, Session 1, in Day 3, reading from Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Before we get into the Scriptures, I want to tell you about something that's been happening in our church, uh, and it's a, a getting into the Scriptures. So um, I'll do a long story short, just a summary. Um, you know, there have been a lot of things that have been happening because of COVID, uh, a lot of um, unique pressures on our family that have caused us to think uh, about family, about ministry to children and teenagers. This was something our church was really wrestling with for a number of practical reasons, even before COVID, and looking at the Bible and looking uh, at God's word for instruction. And um, our leadership team made some decisions pre-COVID that um, actually COVID accelerated as we desire and, and believe that it's biblical to put uh, the head of the household, um, men in particular in the driver's seat, um, of the spiritual education, um, of the overall education program of their children. So vocationally, academically, uh, spiritually, that should be driven from the, the home. And we talked about this last week um, on the podcast, the, the governments that are instituted by God and in Scripture, the particular responsibilities that God gives each of those governments and, and the particularity of those governments, not to overstep the boundaries and take responsibilities or even give responsibilities uh, to um, other institutions created by God. Now, these institutions are particular. They're not the Corvette Club or the, or the PTO. This is the family, uh, civil government, the church, and, and individual self-governance that are instituted by God. So this was a whole project that we were working on and um, uh, and it is, uh, we're rolling it out, um, in our, in our church and, and, uh, it is very, very countercultural, um, to the world. And so, but it's, um, it's very biblical, but we've had some, some men really say, well, we want to do the same thing. We want to figure out from the scriptures, uh, what the Bible says about youth ministry. And I'm, I'm thankful for men who desire, men and women who desire to get into the Bible. And so um, we have a couple of men that are hosting a Connect event. And uh, they are looking, they're using a, a, a text, a book to, uh, that will go alongside of the Bible to help serve as a guide um, to a biblical theology of youth ministry. And so if you're a parent, I would encourage you uh, to look for that event. The date has not been chosen as far as I know, so that uh, has not been published um, but will be soon, uh, where they look at um, using uh, this book, A Biblical Theology of Youth Ministry, as a guide uh, to guide the discussion as to what does the Bible say about youth ministry? Um, what do we understand the Word of God to direct families when, when it comes from um, Genesis, the book of Genesis, all the way to the book of Revelation? So parents uh, especially be on the lookout for that event uh, that will help you better understand the Word of God, uh, your responsibilities, what you can delegate, what you shouldn't delegate, and what you ultimately will stand before God and give an account for the children that you have brought into the world and are given to you for a very short period of time to steward.
All right, let's get into the text today in looking at uh, Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. It's about the baptism of Jesus, and there is um, a lot to learn from this uh, account of our Lord's baptism. This is his first step when he enters into ministry. It was very typical for Jewish priests when they took up their office at the age of 30 to be washed by water. And so we see here that our great high priest begins his great work that he came into the world uh, to accomplish, and he is publicly baptized. And so there's a lot to be learned in this short passage about the sacrament of baptism. Namely, it's it's, it's reverence, the reverence that we ought to have. This is nothing that we should take lightly. This is an ordinance that Jesus Christ himself took up and should not be lightly esteemed. It's the ordinance in which the, the head of the church submitted to, and it ought to be honorable in the eyes of people. Uh, all Christians, you know, there are few subjects in religion that greater mistakes have arisen out of um, when it comes to, to many different topics, but especially baptism. And there are uh, a few that require um, guarding. And so um, let's arm our minds with a, a couple of cautions as we look at this this text and you uh, study it on your own. Let us be aware that baptism uh, is not something that is superstitious. Uh, in other words, we ought to not act as uh, the waters of baptism are some kind of uh, charm uh, we we must not suppose that all people that are baptized receive the grace of God in the moment that they are baptized. Baptism does not have anything to do with salvation. It um, it is a it is a sign or a symbol of something else that that has taken place in an individual's life that. What they are doing through the waters of baptism is that they are professing that they uh, they follow Jesus with their whole heart. In fact, they they already have given their lives, and so they they symbolize um, that they enact that in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They are saying, "My life is with Jesus." So this is not something that somebody should come to baptism in order to look to baptism to do something for them. What they are saying is that Jesus has already done it, and my life is his. Um, so we have to be careful that in that, that we don't attach any kind of superstition uh, to baptism, and that we don't dishonor baptism. Uh, it's dishonored when it's put out of sight. Um, it's not noticed by the congregation. Uh, baptism is ordained by Christ himself, and it shouldn't be treated in this way. Every member uh, that is admitted into the ranks of the visible church, whether young or old, um, ought to have an interest um, in the Christian assembly of believers and this is an event that should call uh, forth uh, prayers and all praying people. And we ought to be more deeply convinced that baptism and grace are, are not inseparably tied together. And, and the more that we feel they are, they are bound 
the more that we are bound to join um, in prayer for a blessing whenever anyone is baptized. And so um, we have to be careful that we're not superstitious, but we have to be careful that we don't dishonor baptism in, in that we, there's not this weight and this seriousness um, to what's happening that, uh, that this is, when, when somebody comes to be baptized, they are, sh- they are showing this, this um, interest in joining the church, being part of that visible fellowship. They're saying they love the assembly of believers, and this is where God is, they're, they're recognizing that this is the place that God is gracing them, because baptism is inseparable from the church itself. So we, you go down to the swimming hole and, and you jump in. That is not baptism. Um, this is something that is particular. It's solemn. Um, and we see this in the text that this particular baptism of, of Jesus will never happen again. This is a solemn event. And we're told in the passage that the presence of, of all three people of the Trinity are manifest at Jesus's baptism. This is a unique event. We have God the Son manifested in the flesh we have God the Spirit who descends like a dove, and we have God the Father who speaks with a voice from heaven. In other words, we have the presence here of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is a solemn event, and we might regard this public announcement that we see um, here um, that the work of Jesus Christ results of the eternal counsel of all three. This was a work of the Trinity. Uh, it, it, we see that the, the creation began with the work of the Trinity in Genesis. It says, let us make man. And it was the whole Trinity again that comes together in this passage saying, let us save man. In the passage, we're told that a voice from heaven uh, comes um, and says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Well, as good Bible study students, we would say, well, you know, a voice from heaven, that. Um, is that a common event? No, that's an unusual event. Where do we see these things happening? And the, we'd have to turn a lot of pages back to the, um, the book of Exodus in the giving of the law uh, on Mount Sinai. That is the, the, the last, at least as far as I, I can see in Scripture, the, the time that there was a voice from heaven. And so we see at, at this baptism of Jesus, and this is why we take this so seriously, we, we see that when the law was given, God's people heard his voice. And we know that it is the law that condemns us, right? We can't measure up to the law. We can't measure up to any law. We are deeply flawed, deeply sinful people. And, and the, the, the voice from heaven was heard on Mount Sinai, but here in the baptism of Jesus, we see, we hear the voice of God again, and he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, that we hear these words, and we see that, that Jesus is the divine Savior sealed and appointed from all eternity to carry out the work of redemption, that God proclaims that he accepts him as the mediator between God and man, and he's publishing this to the world, that he is satisfied with him as the substitute, the ransom payer for this lost family of Adam, for us, that he is the head of the redeemed people. He sees him here as holy, 
um, the law magnified and made honorable. And through Jesus, the, the, he is the, the just and the justifier of the ungodly. So I, I pray that today you might think about these words. They're, they're rich and, and full of food for thought. Um, they're full of peace and comfort and consolation for all that have fled for refuge to the Lord Jesus Christ and for all that have committed their souls to him for salvation. May we rejoice in the, the thought that though in themselves sinful, Yet God counted them as righteous. For the Father regards believers as members of his beloved Son. And today, if you are in Christ, if you are in Christ Jesus, he sees no spot in you. And for his Son's sake, he is well pleased in you because of Jesus Christ. I pray that if you have never been baptized, that um, you might read this passage, that you might contact someone, whether it's at Northbridge or your local church, and that you might seek uh, to uh, profess Jesus publicly in the assembly, uh, to join into his body uh, the one who is the Savior and Lord of all.